In this episode of Upward Calling, we talk about trusting in God. Welcome to Upward Calling. We help Christians develop a relationship with God by talking with University Church of Christ evangelist Josh Creel and Dr. Kenny Embry. Listen as we take a deeper dive on a lesson from a recent Sunday service and help you apply it Monday through Saturday. How are you doing, Josh? Well, there's only half of me here, so I'm doing as best as I can, Kenny. <laughs> I I completely understand that. It's kind of like being in a different house. The, the bed's all wrong. Everything's wrong. And when your spouse is gone, just a lot of things, you, you don't recognize all the things your spouse does until your spouse isn't there. Does that, so that just make so sense to you? Whoever may be listening, nothing tragic happened. Everything's good. <laughs> Um, my mother-in-law had knee replacement surgery yesterday. So Jana went up to Alabama to to help out with her and, uh, I will be heading up to Alabama, Lord willing tomorrow myself and be there for Thanksgiving. So it's just a little different for a couple of days. That sounds good. That sounds good. I, this, this past lesson that you, that you gave, you, you started off by talking about Micah and not the Micah that we're probably thinking about. You're talking, you're talking about the Micah that's in Judges. So why don't you tell me how is this different than the prophet Micah, and and what was what 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 was the subject of this Micah? That's like asking, you know, how is Joshua Creel different from Joshua and the Bible? I mean, very very. <laughs> so, um, but uh, you're right. You're, so if we think of Micah and the Bible, we probably do think of the prophet who the book is named after. Um, so there are certainly some some drastic differences. This Micah is probably in Judges is probably around 1300 BC, whereas the Micah, who is the prophet, is somewhere around 700 BC. Um, the Micah we're talking about was in the days of the Judges, and the Micah that the prophet is, in fact, uh, the very first verse of that prophecy says it's during the days of. Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah. Mm-hmm. So we're looking at getting toward the end of the northern kingdom of Israel and even hastening the, the end of the southern kingdom of Judah. That said, there are definitely some similarities between uh, the two time periods that Judges and this refrain that's found in Judges 17, 6, 18, 1 and other places in Judges that in those days there was no king and every man did what was right in his own eyes. Well, again, that ignored the fact that God was sovereign over his people and they should have been following him. You go to the days of Micah the prophet, there are kings, but again, they have failed to understand that God is their sovereign and they should be following his ways. And so punishment was coming just as punishment had come during the days of of Micah, during the days of the judges. So the difference, of course, then between the two is Micah is a faithful, and the Micah, the the prophet, is a faithful messenger of God. Uh, Micah in the book of Judges, while he still has his allegiance to God, is not following God in the ways that uh, God has prescribed, which of course kind of led to uh, our, our focus in the last verse of chapter 17 in Judges, where Micah was assured, he thought surely God was going to prosper him because he had made a Levite priest in his own house. 
Yeah, that's right. And really, one of the things you're talking about there is is really that story of Micah, where where he kind of <laughs> makes decisions on behalf of God that have no bearing to what God wanted. But I, I, I don't. It's easy for us to sit back and, and criticize Micah and, and judges. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I don't know about you, but all the time I make plans, and I just am hopeful that God is rubber stamping my plans. That that uh, boy, I tell you what, wouldn't this be great for Christianity? Wouldn't this be great? Uh, for other Christians, wouldn't this build them up? Yada yada yada. How do we know when we should take initiative, like we're told to in the parable of the talents? And how do we know when we we should just wait and see what happens? That's a really good question. In fact, this kind of came up in the in the college class last night. We were finishing up the uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and uh, of course, the Sermon on the Mount ends with this little parable, if you will, where Jesus talks about the wise man who built his house on the on the rock. And when the storm came, the foundation held, and of course, everything was fine. The foolish man built his house on the sand. The storm came. Everything's wiped out. And the difference between those two is both heard the word of God, but only one did the word of God, did the words of Jesus. And so we were making the point, of course, that that involves all of the words of Jesus, not just the ones we like, not just the ones that we think are super important. All that Jesus says we need to listen to and we need to try to follow it. Well, one of our college students um, asked the question, okay, if this is so important and yet there are so many misunderstandings about various issues or maybe, for instance, with divorce and remarriage that Jesus addresses in Matthew 5, you know, there are so many situations that arise from that. Why didn't God just give us specified, you know, here's what you do in this scenario. Here's what you do in this scenario. Right. Here's what you do in this scenario, which is a really good question. Mm-hmm. The answer to that is God wants us to be a principled people. And the principle that undergirds marriage and the, then, of course, the, the discussions about divorce and remarriage is in the beginning, God made male and female and God joined them together. Everything that we talk about regarding divorce and remarriage after that goes back to that principle. Because otherwise, we're just asking God for a rule book. We're asking God to do what the Pharisees and the scribes and the rabbis had tried to do by taking the law, making a bunch of laws that associate with God's law, hedging it in, and then we're just, okay, I'll do this, do this, do this, because this is what this is what God said. Well, that's not what he's asking us to do. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think some of the, the 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 sayings in the wisdom literature really come in. So Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a man are established by the Lord when he delights in his way. Mm-hmm. Proverbs 14, 12, there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And what you take from those is, God has set out his will. And if I'm trying to follow that, that does not give me, here are the the steps that you're going to take every day of your life. No, it's these principles that guide you into the plans that you are making. So like you said, Kenny, you know, I'm trying to do something that uh, will be encouraging to others. I'm trying to do something that will uplift somebody else. Well, God didn't give me Here's exactly what you do in this situation. However, he did give me the principles that I then try to apply to that situation. And that's where I think if we if we know we're trying to follow those principles, we can ascertain that, yes, this is blessed by God. This is 
going to be according to his will. Right. I, I, I think one of the things you're, you're kind of touching on there is, is the, the importance of Christians to develop judgment that look, it is my opinion. And I will, I will only say that it is my opinion that, that Rahab the harlot needed to lie in order to save the, the spies is lying condemned in the Bible. It absolutely is. But in that situation, Rahab the harlot was, was doing what she knew best to do. And I, again, I, that's a that's a difficult question to grapple with, but but I, I do think what what God asks us to do is to use our best judgment based on His principles. Do you, you see what I'm saying absolutely. there? I'm not uh, I'm not trying to open a can of worms here. No, and and again, we're we're taking texts that were written in drastically different cultural contexts. Yeah. So of course, you know, the point that I gave last night. Jesus speaks to lust in Matthew 5. Mm-hmm. The internet is not invented. There is no pornography readily accessible in the way that we have it now. But the principles of how we think about the opposite sex, as found in Matthew chapter 5, are mm-hmm. supposed to guide us as we navigate our current cultural context. And that's the beauty of Scripture. It is written in a certain context, but if you look at it for the principles that are there, Mm-hmm. then you can figure out, okay, here's how this fits in our cultural context. Right. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. You, one of the, <laughs> while, I, while I was listening to the sermon, there were two phrases that, that kind of turned over and over in my mind. The first one is, is the, the completely non-biblical text that God helps those who help themselves. In other words, that idea of showing initiative. Or the more biblical phrase, which is, to the one who has been given more will be given in abundance. And... Uh, is God's is, is the blessing of God fair? Um, are blessings always just contingent? Okay, that's a really good question, and I think the way we need to look at that is kind of going back to what do we mean by a blessing. We yeah. think of of blessings as okay, you receive something, which of course you know God's blessings are that too. But Kenny, of course, you know, as we always bring things back to the relational concept in this podcast, that's what God's blessings are. Ultimately, when you look at the blessings that God bestowed upon Israel in the Old Testament or the blessings that God is seeking to bestow upon the spiritual Israel Israel in Christ, it is a matter of being in relation to him. And so God had promised to Israel, if you keep my covenant, you will be my People, I'll be in a relationship with you. And then when you look at those passages like Deuteronomy 28 or Leviticus 26 that have these, you know, listings of blessings and curses, the point behind that is here's why you're blessed. I'm with you. Right. When you depart from me, though, so the relationship is no longer what it should be, curses are the natural outflow of that. Mm hmm. And so I think if we look at it from that standpoint, are God's blessings fair? Well, yes, because what God is saying is, if you're following me, that means you're closer to me. And then you receive what is the consequence or the result of being in a close relationship with me. Likewise, if you're not trying to follow me, 
then you're not very close to me. How can you expect to receive good things that only come from my presence? Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. I guess one of the things that I would say is you can kind of put it both ways, which is if you are in a family business, you have natural benefits, you are probably going to be promoted faster than than your your colleagues. Why? Because your dad is the owner. And there's an understanding that happens within family businesses that family will be preferred over. And you just kind of understand that. Is it fair? In one way it is. You you understood the contract when you when you went into that business. But when you start thinking about God, God is inviting us all to be in that relationship, all of us to be in that family business, which means because we are in that relationship, we do have benefits that other people do not. That's right. Does that make sense? Absolutely. That I'm doing a lot of reading right now on the concept of God's people and God's kingdom. And the reason for that is because as you are are concluding uh, teaching Luke uh, right now at university, I'm going to pick up with Acts. Yeah. Well, Acts begins and ends with the, the discussion of the proclamation of the kingdom. So we think of Acts as about the church, which it is, mm-hmm. but it's about the proclamation of the kingdom and God's people. And you trace this throughout the Bible, and God is God of all people, and God is sovereign over all people. Right. But God bestows blessings and favor on his people, his special people. And of course, the blessings of Christ is that is now open to everybody, whereas in the Old Testament, that was only open to a particular nation because God was using them to bring the Christ into the world. Well. Like you said, you know, I, I, I'm supposed to be charitable to everybody, and I, and I need mm-hmm. to be, and I need to do better on that. Sure, but I will always provide more for my family because they're 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 the primary concern that I have, and that's what God does for His people. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. I I heard somebody define blessing as as anything that draws you near to God, and a curse as anything that draws you away. Um, and the, there's something that I like about that, uh, because I think one of the things that, that you and I would both recognize is some things that we view as blessings are not blessings at all. Uh, they, they are actually curses that are, but the, the material prosperity of our nation, um, it's one of those things where we, we consider those blessings and they certainly do make our lives easier. And, and it, it does a lot of good for us, but by the same token, it also draws us away. It's it's one of those things where we will often sacrifice more uh, to keep the house than than to keep our relationship with God. You see what I'm saying there? I do absolutely. Okay, um, you you kind of <laughs> it seems that blessings are often the natural consequence consequences of good decisions. You kind of touched on this. Yeah. Um, what do you think a true blessing is? Is is it the definition I just gave, or or is, is it different than? That? I mean, again, I would just define it in that relational concept. Yeah. The true blessing is to be with God. Yeah. And because, of course, when you look at the ultimate blessing, what, is, what does Jesus say even in the, in the pictures of judgment? Enter in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's entering into the eternal abode where the, God is and his son is. And then, of course, what is the 
eternal punishment or consequence depart from me. It's a relational concept. Yeah. You're not going to be where I am. That's hell. Yeah. Heaven is to be where God is. Hell is to be where God is not. And so the ultimate blessing is being with him. And, and so, that, of course, that gets into blessings are received from good decisions because the best decision you can make in every walk of life and every decision that we come across is what is the the decision here that brings me closer to God, that molds me more in his image, because that's where blessings are found. Right. And, you know, one of the, I think we, and we've talked about this before, but I think we've so often mischaracterized grace as basically the whiteout that covers over uh, that last sin that we j- just did. And, and, and really it has, uh, and me speaking, not you, I don't. I don't think that's it at all. I, I, I think it, it. It is the thing that that bridges the gap between what we want to do and what we are doing, and God has has made sure that that gap is filled. And as long as you are again, and it, this is something that we talked about a long time ago, which is, is that I, idea of devotion versus perfection. That if we are devoted, not if we're perfect, not if we're if we've got enough spiritual whiteout, but but um, if we are devoted to God, He will be devoted to us. You see what I'm saying? Do you Absolutely, see the connection there? That's, I mean, again, that's that's a part of the blessings of being in a relationship with God. You, if you're in a relationship with God and you're trying to, you, like you say, devoted to Him, then you have the blessing of Christ continuing to serve as your high priest. Yeah, you have the blessing of Christ making petitions for you to the Father. So again, the blessings of God that that come from being close to him, those blessings perpetuate the closeness to him. They they make it possible on an ongoing basis. And you have a, a a job that that is difficult for many reasons, not least of which is you talk about moral things, and there's the the sense in which, well, obviously Josh Josh is preaching about this because he doesn't struggle with this. Um, that 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 uh, he's he's got a very good understanding of this, which means this is something that is so pa- far past him that it is he doesn't have to worry about this. Um, do you ever have problems uh, trusting in God and not trusting in in your grand plans? Yeah, so that's you know I I try not to make myself the center of my sermons because if I did. Um, you, you, the sermons would basically be, here's, here's how failing I am. Um, because these, these are all matters that we're all trying to grow in on the matter of trusting God. I would say there, there are areas where I think I do pretty well. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I don't, excuse me. I don't, I don't have a lot of anxiety, uh, about, the world and the state of the world, because I I do trust in God and I believe that he is overall. And regardless of what happens here, we're going to be okay. Where I find that I, I lack trust in God is, is the, the putting to into practice various, various parts of his will that deal with relationships. And so I can get angry at someone pretty easily uh, I can, I can shut it down and, you know, not really want to, to, to talk to that person. 
Uh, and that's, you know, that's just Josh not being who he should be. Whereas God's saying, okay, I'm telling you, forgive. I'm telling you, go and talk. And I'm telling you, if you'll do that, you're going to find solutions to the problem. And again, you'll be closer to me than you were before. And so you ultimately get there, but you don't, you don't at first. And that's, that's, that itself is a lack of trust that you're just, you know, you're, you're going your way as opposed to the way that God says, here's the better way. And and this will result in better things. So absolutely, you know, all of us, all of us can say with the disciples, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. We can say, (laughs) Lord, we do trust you. Help us to trust you more. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, um, I, I do the same. I struggle with with a lot of different things. Uh, I, I think the older I've gotten, the more introverted I've become. And, and and some things that serves me very well. And there's sometimes sometimes when that is not that does not serve me as well as as I think so. Um, look, it, some, one of my favorite things to do right now, and it's absolutely nothing that anybody wants me to do, but. I love going into the cafeteria and sitting by myself and just listening to a podcast or something like that. I, look, for retention, they want me to sit with students and to talk with students and things like that. But I, I think one of the things that I like being with my family, I like being by myself sometimes. And that's a hard thing for me to break out of sometimes. You see what I'm saying there? I do. I do. Okay. <laughs> well, do you know what you're going to be talking about next time, Josh? Next time for me will be a week from Sunday. I'm like I said, I'm heading up to uh, Alabama, um, and uh, going to be up there for for Thanksgiving. Then I'll be back the Sunday after Thanksgiving. But I, I do. Um, I'm going to kind of go off of the theme of Thanksgiving, and one of the things that I've I've done this year is is been reading through the wisdom literature, and of course, Psalms are always a favorite of mine. I'm just going to be looking at some some items and matters from the Psalms that ought to be a part of our Thanksgiving on a daily basis. So um, don't have all that worked out yet, but we're going to be uh, in in more than a couple of Psalms on that Sunday. Well, that sounds like something we'll have to talk about. So have a good Thanksgiving. Enjoy your break. And we look forward to seeing you back here, man. You too, brother. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to get to know us more, you're welcome to watch a live stream service or join us in person at the University Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. The sermon we referenced in this episode is in the show notes. We have all of our information at universitychurchofchrist.org. Until next time, God bless you in your walk with God.